Talapa and welcome to the Samoan Scientist Podcast. Today we're chatting to Itsuro Alafaeli, who is a software engineer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Welcome. Oh, please. Thank you. Oh, thank you so please. much for actually meeting with you again. This is the second time I've seen you. Yes. The first time we saw you was at Science Spinners in Hamilton. Hamilton yeah. So that was like a workshop for kids in science. So yeah, so good to see you again. Bless. Um, so I guess just, yeah, just for everyone, could you give us an introduction about yourself? Oh, please. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. Well, Tala for Lava. Um, what's it called? So I'm from the villages of Whungapo and Whatseliliang in Savai, and also from Lumuenga and Lefanga in Upolo. Yes. Uh, even though I hail from the beautiful islands of Samoa, um, I'm born and bred from the place of champions, Cannons Creek, Puriroa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the place. That's the place. If you don't know, now you know, fam. <laughs> Uh, so, originally from Wellington, moved up to Auckland when I was 18 to study at AUT and I studied a Bachelor of Computer and Informational Science and then I majored in Software Development. After that, I managed to get a three-month internship at Vend, which is a point-of-sale software company, so did three months there and then I went back for like, I think, another three months to study at Dev Academy. So Dev Academy is like a like just a boot camp of just coding. Wow. So that took a toll on a sister. <laughs> oh and from that journey, I've managed to be a software engineer and a community manager for a startup called Voluntarily. So that's um, pretty much where I'm from and where I am now. Wow. <laughs> Bliss. Look at that. Wow. That's to me. That's quite. That's very impressive. Yeah. Oh, thank you, sis. So we're just gonna wind back, mm. cast your memory back to um, how, how it all started, how, yes. how you got interested into science. Oh bless, so the year was 2012. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to St Mary's College in Wellington and there were two classes that were chemistry, so I did chemistry, it was the only science I think I did, yeah. Um, so there were, there were two sciences and I, was, I got put at the front, it was Saturday, they put me at the front. <laughs> It was really sad because they knew I'd talk at the back, oh, so they put me at the front. So my beautiful science teacher, Miss Paula Hay, um, introduced me to a scholarship kind of internship at the McDermott Institute. Yeah. So the McDermott Institute did this thing called the Discovery Camp. So I attended, and that was for the summer of 2012. I got sent to Massey University to mm. do nanotechnology in in what's so um, but really it was all about pollen tubes so um oh. find the link to to explain oh. what it means <laughs> but um what's it called so i did that but there was a session where you're supposed to you know follow the lab people okay but um it was right opposite the computer science hallway so what happened was i was being so rebellious that i just touched the crew because <laughs> all you see is these shiny old computers true, true. So I ditched the crew and I went and I just had a look at all these like amazing computer science like greats and there were plaques and old computers, old wow. processors. And then I just said to myself, I was being so like, you know, want to be um, <clears throat> fear champion and be like, <laughs> I want to be like one of them. So ever since that time I saw all those real old computers, I got real like 
real happy and real excited. Mm. But at the same time, when I did chemistry, like I love chemistry. Oh, sister, like a titration. Mm. Yes. Sister, yes. like a titration. <laughs> mm. The balancing equation, maybe not for the no. titration. <laughs> mm. But um, it was I, lo- I did an internship for them, but it just felt like I wasn't. I was in a lab and I was inside. I was under in Victoria University. They got a lab underground, oh, okay. and I was. I, I did some work there as well, and I felt so sad. <laughs> I wanted to talk to, there was one window, one window, sis, one window. So I kind of felt like, you know what, I love chemistry, but I'm going to give computer science a try. So Mm. ever since that, I made the jump to study computer science. Wow. Bless. So I guess, are you kind of saying, like, be rebellious? (laughs) (laughs) If you want to, if you're trying to find what you want to do, yeah. Exactly. Actually, (laughs) follow the health and safety rules, (laughs) especially in the lab. Very, please follow the health and safety. But yeah, take a chance, take something. Because I know, so chemistry, I was pretty, like, I'm not being, like, up myself, but I knew I was badass, but I just knew in my life I need to fix on my weaknesses. So computer science, it was out of my like out of my length, just a girl. I had no idea what I was doing. Wow. So I, I took a leap. I just had to because I just I didn't want to stay comfortable, and because I got I was really comfortable. So for example, when I was a kid, I was so comfortable in learning because I went to Sunday school. Yeah. And I was real into my Bible. Yeah. If you tell me about my Bible stuff, I'll hit you back. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But I knew if I still stuck with it, I would be comfortable, and I needed to do something mm-hmm. out of like. Like, I love my church and stuff, but I want to do something different that no one's done, especially in my community. So, whew, wow. it was a scary leap of faith, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I gave computer science a try. True. Yeah. But where did that sense of, like, feeling uncomfortable come from? Because, you know, it's, it's scary. Like, I find mm. it scary to go out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So what do you think kind of led you to, to, to take that leap of faith? Um, I think what really led me was, would be, no offence to my class, but was my comp, my science, my chemistry class. I noticed there wasn't, because so, I went to all-girls school, I didn't yeah. notice my other minority of being a woman in, mm. in science, but I noticed that there wasn't enough Māori Pacifica mm. in chemistry. So we had two classes, and I think there were only three or four of us separated within those two classes. So. I, I already felt uncomfortable with them, right. like, at the beginning, so I thought, okay, if it's like this here at year 12 in 2012, wow. imagine what it's like out in the world, like, if this is a small number, imagine the number out in the real world, so, I don't know, I feel like at that age, I just thought, okay, if there's not enough sisters here that are from the islands or of Māori descent, then I reckon I'll just take, like, you know, if I'm not going to do it, who else is going to do it, you know? Exactly. Like, so it was kind of, I should think about it now. Oh, what advanced Vicky from Etsy, right? <laughs> Look at this old lady. Yeah, and like, oh, no. get up, sister. Yes. <laughs> so you were just already uncomfortable anyway. So you thought, oh, yes. and then you realised that you were a minority within your class. Mm. So you thought, well, why not? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to be that person to take the leap for others. Yes. Yeah. Us, yeah. True. And so you're saying that you took chemistry in was it biology? Oh no, I only no, took just, just chemistry. I just wish, chemistry. I wish. <laughs> but did you take um? Like, did you have IT? Then? Yes, we yeah, had yeah. digital technologies. Okay. And that was that was all. Oh, that was tough. It was quite tough back in. So I did it from 
year 11 to 13 so that's yeah. 2011 to 2013 and you know that was it was a lot of you know data entry okay you know how to use word powerpoint yes. we did do a coding paper but that put me off big time when oh. i was in high school yes wow it did put me off just because it was very i reckon the code we used so there was a language called python that yes. we used i liked it because it had colors <laughs> <laughs> but like it was just it wasn't appealing, like it wasn't, you know, the cherry on the top for the sister. Could you just explain what language is for people who don't know? Oh, yeah, yes. Coding, yeah. Oh my gosh. So computers, you know, like we talk to each other and, you know, if I talk to you in Samoan, that's like another language. Mm. So that's pretty much a human person talking to a computer. Wow. So there may be languages called Python, Java, JavaScript, mm. and they are, they all have the same kind of structure, but they all, you know, sing the diff or talk the different language got it so that's the only i reckon maybe not the only way but kind of a way to communicate with a computer mm. um people need to understand computers are dumb <laughs> <laughs> they don't know anything wow yeah it's us that's putting the information and in. so they can come from our cell phones you know pack and safe checkouts they run by the by languages and codes and also just your laptop oh. so everything is like you know all processed by the computer but you know us humans yeah <laughs> have the answers <laughs> bless but you were introduced to python in high school yes and you said that was like monogo yeah no nah, it wasn't yeah it was a bit um, it was a bit just yeah not nice saying mm. yeah so you didn't really like have a passion for coding or it in yes. high school oh my gosh no i'm not like the other like our brothers and sisters you know i love gaming i love yeah, yeah you yeah. know sister the only the only gaming i had when in my days was a seagull <laughs> and if no one knows what a seagull is then oh you need to be reminded my parents banned my my oh, i was banned from ps3 ps4s because my dad noticed how my brothers got attached on the seagull so because i'm the youngest he wants to take away the piece. So right now, I don't even know how to play a PlayStation. Wow. So I've got, like, you know, a lot of people in Comstar either have a really interest in gaming, but I didn't really come from that. Oh, <laughs> um, no. I kind of came from an approach of, you know, solving problems. Oh. So yeah, I'm, I can, you know, I can do game design if I wanted to, but my key thing is trying to use technology to help people. True. Mm. So then, how did you decide what you wanted to do after high school? If um, yeah, if like IT wasn't really your thing, you kind of liked chemistry. Yes, yeah. I loved chemistry. Chemistry was OG. Oh my yeah, gosh, I right. loved it. But I think it was like like it was that interaction when I was at the McDermott Institute where I was like, oh, is that a light bulb yeah. in my head? Yeah. Was that Jesus just? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So what year were you when you went on that? Was it like a workshop? Yep. Said, yeah, so I was year 12, coming up to year 13. 13. Oh, yep. yeah. So then you could decide what subjects you wanted to take mm, yep. to prepare yourself for after high school. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. yeah. And then how did you um, transition to AUT? Well, Ooh, school down in Wellington. That was, that was the most hardest thing ever, transitioning mm. from my beautiful home with my mum and dad right next to me, food in the cupboard, washing, cleaned, you know. <laughs> Well, I'm wearing clean clothes now, but, <laughs> but um, the, I think that was the hardest thing because I was 18, I moved out of home. Um, a Samoan girl like myself is not allowed to move out of home. No, <laughs> We're no. not allowed to move out, no. but I think by the grace of the Lord and also my older brothers for talking to my dad wow. to let him, like it was a lot of trust. I was very, trust was the pretty much the foundation mm. 
from my parents to let me go. Um, first night, I cried. Oh yeah, 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 it, can, was, yeah. it was horrible. I just never felt so. It just felt so quiet, empty, cause alone. yeah, alone and like no laughter. But there's always laughter at the kitchen, so yeah. I'm like, so it was very different. It was interesting to to be independent, mm-hmm. and it gave me flashbacks, even though I wasn't there. But like, kind of like moments about how my parents moved from Samoa. See, honestly, if I thought I had it worse, imagine my parents. They had no English in them at all. Yes. And then I just sat there and I just had moments where I'm like, okay, if my parents can do this, then a sister that was born in New Zealand <laughs> can definitely just try. So it was a it was a massive roller coaster ride. Very happy and very excited. Oh, I was very happy that I took the risk and just did yep. it. Because I wouldn't be able to do, you know, I wouldn't be able to live the way I live now because mm-hmm. my parents gave me their opportunity. Did I know back in my church days, like my church community, and not a lot of our community would do that kind of stuff with our young women. They wouldn't, because you know we're quite protected in our family. Mm-hmm. So I was very grateful and honoured to be given that opportunity to leave. But oh, if you have the chance do it <laughs> yeah even if it's for a year you don't have to do what i did i did four years <laughs> <laughs> i dragged it <laughs> but yeah if you have the oh, if you have the opportunity to just try and live independently then just give mm. it a try yeah because i think um there's a lot of that protection from our pacifica families yes, and also yeah. um, sometimes pressure as well to do mm. more study but you were saying that it was really a conversation between your, your brothers and mm. your parents and as well as them trusting in you yep. for what for yeah, for what they've seen as of you with them, you know, they trusted in your actions and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so would that be like a type of yeah, what type of advice would you give to people if they are having that um, conversation with the parents about selling um, either uh, away from home or even overseas. Oh, bliss. Yeah. You have to be patient with our elders. Like, <laughs> yes. You know, our generation is totally different from the generation that they came from. Mm. We can't come in with our Western ways with our family. So, for example, mm. I had to, I, I started the conversation in 2012, and the conversation ended in the week that I had to move out. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was a year. Now, people, now, when I grew up, with like, because I went to a Palani school in uh-huh. Johnsonville, and and also St Mary's was in the city. You know, my friends didn't understand it. I reckon if you're gonna do a conversation with your parents, block your friends out. <laughs> they, they don't know anything that's happening in the palais. Like they only know that. Oh, hello, Michelle. Yeah. yeah, that's all they know. But they don't know anything else. So my word of advice: don't listen to your Palani friends. <laughs> talk to your siblings or talk to anyone in your family because I've noticed with my time with my parents you've got to take the stuff slow with them so (laughs) I was so bots that I did like every week I'd do a a 10 point powerpoint presentation to my dad (laughs) about why and what his benefits and you know the answer was no but don't be hardened if the the word is no because if you keep going at it your parents will see it and also you just gotta you can't you can't rush the process with our parents mm. they came from a generation of you know a child should not ask to leave they should wait till marriage right, <laughs> like right. all that stuff so i think the biggest thing is to be patient and take it slow with them because mm. they will come around it's just a long round <laughs> it's a long round 
but you gotta you know and i'm not saying use the right words but just always don't don't talk to them when they're angry (laughs) (laughs) always time it it's all about timing and i know people say oh like like why can't they just give me the answer now because you know you've got to put your shoes your you've got to put yourself in their shoes they don't want to let you go they want you to be safe because they know the world is harsh and they want to keep you safe so that you won't have to you know feel that harshness but sometimes we need to so we can understand the world (laughs) but yeah that's my advice i know it might seem like i'm teaming up with the elders but you know you get tenfold blessings if you just communicate to your elders because honestly they're the wise ones not us (laughs) not yet (laughs) like just a brief example from your powerpoint presentation like what would a point or what that you would say to parents like why is it an advantage for you to leave yes Yeah. Um, so point number two from my, <laughs> I think my 10th slideshow was that, um, what's it called, I said to my dad, if you let me go, I'll come back even more educated to help you learn about what I'm talking, like what I'm doing, because my dad only knows about, or actually not my, just my dad, my community only knows about three career options, uh. it's a lawyer, accountant or a doctor, yep. they don't know anything about computer science, so that breaks the trust because they think we're going out to ka'a or <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know go and party and stuff, but my promise to him was that if I go learn what I do, I'll come back and teach you. So currently I'm teaching them how to use a laptop. <laughs> and you know, that's that's that's, that's a that's a massive patience round for me. Oh, but yeah. but yeah. he was really like, okay. So like he was like, it was still a no on that tenth presentation. <laughs> but just for me to tell him that if I learned it, I'll come and teach you. Because you know, our parents, our elders still wanna learn, you know. They don't they don't wanna feel neglected. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it was a... Uh, I did that one and also I'll call you every day. Oh. So I actually, I currently also always call my parents. Not because I need to, because I want to. Yes, yes. Time's precious, fans. So, yes. you know, those are my two points. Sorry for going on, sis. No, no, I think it's really helpful because, yeah, like you said, we, we, don't, we can't approach our elders with Western way of thinking. No, we can't, yeah. And it has to take time. Yeah. And they have, have understanding of yeah well what we want to do yeah and also i think that's a good point as well to we're going to come back to you don't worry like, yeah, we're, gonna back to your yeah. Kids. we're coming back don't <laughs> worry <laughs> oh my gosh and so while you're at university calling your parents every day mm. um did that kind of loneliness and sadness kind of go away as you progressed in university oh yes yeah. big time the only reason one was because i call my parents every day yeah and two, what was the, I kind of, you kind of, the older you get, the, the more you learn to identify the right people to be around with. Mm-hmm. So because I surrounded myself with people, one, that were in the same journey with me, two, you know, had the same kind of thinking towards mm-hmm. life and stuff, mm-hmm. that loneliness that you have in your first year in uni will easily go away mm-hmm. because the people that I made friends with, that I still am friends now, wow. <laughs> what's good, fam? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it removes the loneliness because you know there are times where you you know you i break down because uni is stressful yeah. or all-nighters but the they're like your second family mm. so you know that loneliness went down because you know one i was keeping contact with my family and two you create your own little family mm. in the areas that you go to but yeah that was and what course did you enroll in i didn't ask oh so so the course that i enrolled in was the the 
course, computer and informational science, okay. which was called BCIS. And then in there, there are five different majors. I chose one because you know I'm not extra like everyone in their two majors. <laughs> and because my major was difficult, <laughs> so I did software development. So that, so um, I noticed a lot in that course because first year is 300 students in programming one, right. which is our core core paper. Um, that 300 went down to probably 30 in second year. Whoa. So people drop like flies in that in second year. Because it's too hard? It's too hard. Wow. Pass rate is like 36%. Mm. So that dropped down to 30. 10, of that, 10 in there were Māori Pacifica. And then That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Wow. I was very proud of that. Yes. And then final year, that 30 went down to 10. Two were girls, and I was the only one in there that were of Māori and Pacifica descent. Now, everyone's like, oh, yes, you know, throw your flag, you're proud. Yes, I was proud, but two, I was upset. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, the kind of, the only reason everyone thinks, oh, why are you upset? It's like, because we have a very different way of solving problems than everyone else does. Quite unique and different. And because we're very people-orientated, we do... We do think about the technology, but we always think about the people that are using it, which is what everyone else is doing, but we, we have a bigger need for technology, and that's why every time we're in projects or stuff like this, we have so much weight in it because we want not only the best, but for it to be successful. Because we know our people will be like number one users for these like potential projects, so it was very difficult to try and you know, negotiate ideas <laughs> I was just like right. listen to me <laughs> but yeah even at university yeah no it was very difficult very oh, male-dominated yeah. subject too right so it was kind of like pushing boundaries like now you sit down <laughs> so sorry you said there were three girls in that final year and ten and the rest two, were two girls two girls yeah. out of ten right and so those conversations were difficult with the other very difficult very difficult male students yeah. and then being pacifica as well yeah, yeah being pacifica yeah so how did people perceive you being pacifica were you even perceived at all or yeah i was yeah. just thought as the one that laughed too much i do i do laugh a lot um yeah <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm in class just asking um either you laugh too much or you ask too much questions because people think you don't know what you're talking about, but I'm like, that's why we ask questions. Wow. Um, and also, just because they know me from in the other labs, in the other computer labs, it's just, you know, rowdy. You know, they just... So it was hard trying to make groups because no one wanted to be in a group of you. <laughs> because they thought that you were just mucking around. Yeah, they always thought, they always think we muck around, but it's just because we just like to have a good time. But when it's, you know, the hard yards, that's when we pause and put a head down mm. <laughs> yeah so I got a lot of that when I was at uni how did you navigate that how did you yeah I don't know oh well I don't know I'm real I'm a quite of a when I'm in those areas I'm real like straight up I'm like so who wants to be in my class <laughs> who wants to be I know you I was like I see you Jeff why are you not why are you not looking at me so I'm very honestly I'm really right but not a lot of our Moni Pacifica are like no. rowdy as me so it's no. I love it when I see people like that because I'm like, no, you come with me, you come with me, no, you're right, right you're right. But I'm very, I think because I, I kind of drew a lot of thick skin in that, in that degree, and also in my experience and work, I've just got to the point where I'm like, like I care, but I don't care. Like what you think, we just need to get the job done. Mm. Yeah. And to your point about questions, that's a really good one. That you asked a lot of questions because you need to know. We need to know the answers. Yeah, I know. Especially if we're doing coursework and studying for exams. Yeah. Ask the questions. Mm. Yeah. 
yeah, because I've struggled with that as well. Because <clears throat> I'm, in terms of personality, like I'm, I would say I'm the opposite from you, quite mm. like shy, introverted. But that's a good point as well. Ask the questions because we need the answers from them. Yeah. So in your final year of um, university, did you have a job in mind or had you done some work experience? So in the middle of my uni years, I went back to McDermott Institute mm. and did two internships in 2015 and 2017. Yeah. So I, uh, 2015, I went back to Victoria University and I did, I created a website for a PhD group down at McDermott Institute. Mm. And then my, and in 2017, I did an internship with Auckland Uni doing, um, making a software that calculated the drops of feral fluids. So like there's like yeah. yeah oh I think it's physics I don't oh, know physics. yeah <laughs> I'm not sure. so it's like a it's like a magnetic field or plate down the bottom yeah and feral fluid just drops but I, I have to create a software that calculates it when it drops to its impact zone oh so like it's quite interesting wow. I had no idea what I was doing but I like for what I mean is like I didn't know what the chem the physics or the chemistry right. was yeah. but I pretty much had to figure out how to create a software. So that's currently still in process because it's yeah. it's a big job. You can't do that in three months. Like, no. so I've contributed in that. So I had I had um I had experience, but not properly like not properly in the dev team. Yeah. So in my last year, I did an internship with Vend, and that opened my eyes very wide. <laughs> Everything I learned at uni was a waste of my money. <laughs> Like, uni helped me understand processes and that stuff. The basics. The basics. Yeah. But man, when you go into a workforce, you need to study again, learn more. You will never stop studying. Wow. Especially when you're working because you're learning on the go, especially with dev teams because the thing with coding is languages can change. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the one that we're using now is JavaScript. That's pretty much pumping, but then if a new big thing comes out, we have to learn to swap over and learn how that how to do that. And all languages have the same fundamentals, but they're very different in okay. a sort of way. So, man, you're learning as you're going, and it's just a crazy roller coaster, right? <laughs> so, you're from your internship, was it at Dev? What would you say? Oh, Oh, Vend. Vend. Yeah. And then, do they say, oh, we'd like you to come work for us? Or how no, did that go? So that was, um, what was it called? That was, a. Uh, so I didn't get a full time after that. But um, what was it? I kind of, I kind of knew, you know, what, I need to get my, I need to try and get better, upskill more. So that's when I made the choice after then to go and do Dev Academy. Okay. Yeah. And then from Dev Academy. That was your boot camp. Yeah, that was yeah, that was my massive bootcamp at coding, and then now I'm here at voluntarily. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty it's pretty interesting, really exciting. But yeah, nah, um, working from vend and then thinking. So it's usually, if you don't get a job, you get real discouraged. Yes, I was telling yes. myself, nah, let's go. <laughs> like we gotta do better now. So like for me, that was a massive, massive learning curve at vend because. You know, you thought you knew everything, mm. but then when you get in there, you get pretty much slapped in the head, eh? <laughs> so then I thought, okay, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to keep going. Wow. So I did that, and because Dev Academy was more industry-based, so then from there, I kind of clicked on how to do it properly, and then, you know, very grateful and honoured to be given the role here at Voluntarily. Mm. So it's, you know, not everything's going to go what you plan. <laughs> like, no. I thought I was going to get a full-time at Venn, but then, you know, the Lord said, nope. <laughs> Let's go. 
So can you tell us a bit about what you do at Involuntarily. Voluntarily. Yeah. Oh bless. So what was the um? Oh wait, do you know what voluntarily is? No, Should no. Tell us, tell us. Tell us. So, in twenty twenty, the new digital technology curriculum's coming out. Now that's oh. amazing. So Whoa. pretty. Yeah. So everyone's gonna learn about user experience, um, design, more advanced coding, and etc. Everything. The problem that we have here in New Zealand is that there are not a, the teachers don't know how to no. teach it. So, Voluntarily is a platform where it connects three, three people, through all three types of people, uh, activity providers, teachers, and corporate volunteers. So how it works is, let's say a teacher um, has a new curriculum and it says you've got to teach JavaScript, mm. and the teacher's like, I don't know how to. <laughs> yeah. So the teacher would jump on Voluntarily, write up the place, the time, the information they need to be taught, and that will be put on Voluntarily and then that would be shown to the corporate volunteers. Mm -hmm. So the corporate, so for those who don't know, corporates pay their workers volunteer days. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with planting a tree and cleaning a beach, nothing wrong with mm -hmm. that. They can do that, mm -hmm. but it will be cool to have people in the, in, like, in the industry to come teach the kids. Yes. So corporate volunteers will see the request from the teacher. They can say they're interested, come into the school and teach the kids how to do JavaScript. Mm -hmm. So don't forget, there's also police vetting, so you know you can't have anyone in the school. But that's kind of how the cycle works. Activity providers are like teachers too, so they just need volunteers, which are the corporates. So we're creating that. We're launching in April, and we'll partner up with TEC, so the Tertiary Education yep. Commission. So we're helping building the platform with the Inspiring the Future program. So I'm a software developer. I'm a junior, and I do heaps of... Um, back-end work and front-end. So front-end is all the pretty stuff on the website, back-end is the back stuff that you will never see, but will help everything work. Right, so yeah. if you click on a button, you would be behind that. I'll be behind the button, right. yeah. Right. So it's it's a lot, of, a lot of work, but alongside with that, my other role is a community manager. So I look after, so voluntarily is an open source program, which means anyone can get a hold of our code they can't use it as their own because you know uh -huh. hey turn <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you can come in and we'll teach you how to code so i go out oh. and um, look after a community of 100 contributors which are the people that are just you know developing the platform with us and i take care of them onboard them teach them how to code and stuff and also i go out to schools with um, Cecilia that you met just... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, so I go out with her and I um, do activities, speak to schools and also teach kids how to code. Mm. So we got to teach them how to code and um, a lot of schools that we go to are bilingual, so we've managed to teach them to code in Māori and oh, Te Reo and Samoan and New Wayan so far. Mm. So it's been... it's. It's a, I'm a very different dev because some devs just stick to one role. Yeah. I'm split to two. <laughs> but I love it because it's, it's, it's an opportunity for me to go back and, you know, teach our communities about technology and how to use it and not be scared of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, so you're saying that the new scheme, the technology scheme, is going to be rolled out and then they need people to go into the schools and teach that, for instance, how to code. Is that right? Oh, so the... Oh, so the curriculum is just telling teachers to teach this, okay. but we're coming in to bring people in for free um. to come help teachers to teach the curriculum with them. Oh, so they're already teachers. They can't just be like an expert in coding. 
type of who the volunteer yeah or, yeah or the volunteer can be any anyone oh, yeah okay so if people have expertise in the area and want to help out at schools right, yeah they could come and have a chat with have you. a oh, chat yeah very cool and then your other side the community side and going back and going to the schools and teaching them how to code yeah is that just to get them like prepped i don't know for the curriculum or is it uh, so the curriculum is yeah it's pretty much not based on the curriculum it's based on like interest and because they know that you know kids are learning about stem and but like the stem that i cover is the t <laughs> which yes. is the technology yes. bit and a lot of the stu- a lot of the students either don't have the resources or don't have a laptop so we offer free laptops to oh, the schools to help okay. them learn but i come in and just kind of show another view of STEM because the STEM that they've learned so far is a lot of chemistry, biology Biology. and physics which is nothing bad but they haven't really had the technology side of it so I've been going into school for just based on interest by teachers to teach coding and robotics as well. Wow Mm. so what do you think the future of um, technology is going to look like? Um, I ask this because I've just been to a uh, what is it the the languages the languages and um, Technology funnel. Oh yes, Ministry of Pacific People. Bless. And um, there was one particular speaker that um, kind of painted doom and gloom for us that the robots are going to take over. Oh, yeah. Bless. So yeah, I was wondering what what your predictions are in terms of technology, how it's going to help us in our life, or is it going to not help us so much in life? Or mm. yeah, I reckon. I don't think it's going to be doom and gloom. Yes, there will be robots. I will I, mm. personally. I will. Know, I know that there will be robots. Yes, they might take over the world in some way, but I personally think that we just need to be careful about how we use the technology and how we have, you know, the morals and ethics. Because there's a massive morals and ethics about technology, mm. and yes, people are blame, like, You know, people are saying there's a doom and gloom, but I reckon if we as people make the right choices and choose technology not not to take over everything but just to you know help solve problems in a way where it doesn't seem like they're gonna come and do terminator three or four right but like you know i think yes it's true there are robotics robots that are gonna come in but i feel like it will be it will be good mm-hmm. but we just have to be careful i think yeah i don't know if they asked the question but i think mm-hmm. personally we need to be real careful about you know everything about tech and stuff because you know one there's security two there's data yes. data is a big one mm. people are very and because data is quite because uh, I, I saw like um i don't know where it was but I, i've noticed that data is more richer than petrol at the moment like it's getting really? to that point yeah and i'm like um okay let's go <laughs> petrol's pretty expensive petrol's pretty expensive <laughs> but i don't know data will get to that point eh? <laughs> but i think data is very important because data is data is just a very it's a very it's kind of like security and two it's your own personal data so like and also where data goes so i think yes yeah i think i know that 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 the world's coming to that point where we're gonna get robots and stuff but we just got to be really careful if you're careful on your end then you'll be and like and you're careful around you and your surroundings with these new technology things then mm. you you'd be i would say safe but you know exactly what to do and what not to do with the technology but you know i'm not i'm not very i don't come across saying oh you know be careful the robots are gonna take over our lives <laughs> i was just like yeah but you know behind a robot is a person so yeah, yeah like you said at the beginning like 
computers are dumb. They are dumb. We have to tell <laughs> them what to do. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of the day, it's based on the person's motive on how they use the technology. Because right. you know, there's some bad people out there using technology <laughs> in a bad way, especially on that cyber world we have. Mm. Very, very scary, but yeah, it's always behind the person. Yeah. And how can uh, technologies help our Pacifica communities? Oh, yeah. in a massive <laughs> way, eh? Like, honestly, like, I reckon, so if I can give a list, one, languages. For all our brothers and sisters that don't know how to, or want to learn how to speak our languages, there are many um, apps out there, or even, like, softwares that are built to help and improve, you know, our future Samoans, Tongans, Nguyen's, to, you know, upskill in their languages. So languages is a big one. Two is history. Heaps of people are using technology to either recapture or just store our history mm. of our, you know, of our people. What's another one? Church, you know, oh, yeah. I have noticed churches using overhead projectors, yes. computers. <laughs> I used to use, what was that thing that you, it's like a clear thing? Yes, yes, I know. Yeah, for the, yeah. yeah, I used to use that and used to write all the lyrics. Honestly, now you see all these elders just booming out their laptops. <laughs> pressing the powerpoint slides for every amazing grace like you know church's amazing way of using it i reckon it's amazing so you can you know quickly use up the time to in churches but you know nothing nothing wrong with churches and their length time span but i think it's real good to use in the church just to help you know not only the church service to look amazing or you know to get things running but also to get our community like oh what's that up on the ceiling you know right. ask questions get them to know what what's this new thing that's mm. come into the um into the church but um also for our elders as well you know they can use technology in a way to make their life easy for example like you know you know how everyone wears those wristbands for yep. when something like an emergency if and because i know a lot of a lot of elders have phones and stuff they can use like an app there to help them either for an emergency or either check like diabetes right. like you can just you know instead of just you know because you know a lot of them is it picking blood do they pick blood and then scan it for diabetes is it diabetes or yeah they like um prick it and then they put prick, it into yeah. like a little machine yeah so i've there's been new studies and there was a new app that came out where you don't have to do the pick bloody but they just scan something i don't wow. know i don't know how it works but there's a lot of health things that can that technology can help for our mm. communities and also for um what's it called mental health as well there's i think there's an app called my river that just came out okay. a few it's made it's it's created by these men, I think it's Inu, these amazing men from South Auckland that have just created it to help the communities find resources easier just by a touch of a button than waiting wow. on a call centre call. Yes. Because honestly, I know our families still do that and it's, it's cute, but you know, there's a way that can be done faster mm. to get what you need. So heaps of things that technology can help our communities. But the one thing I'd love is just more technology made by our community. Yes. That would be, oh, that would be a plus because one, it's made by the people for the people. Got so. It. It would be amazing and that's why i would love that's why i love to go out and tell everyone come to tech you know <laughs> come and come and learn something so we can build something mm. but you know there are massive perks this industry is booming so we need more developers mm. and the more unique they are the better so and what's the 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 money like so if you're a, for a developer if you're a junior you start around 57 to 70k that's mm. a junior 
intermediate will go from 70 to probably 90 and then um, what's it called if you're a senior you're six figures <laughs> right so but the thing is it may seem long but you can jump from a junior to an intermediate within a year or two wow so it, it jumps really fast but you know come through fam come through yes. <laughs> so if, if people are wanting to get into tech mm. um, whether they're in high school or um, even later in their life or even jumping to university what's some advice that you would give them oh bless um i think an advice is if you're going to do tech like the tech that i did development or like coding mm. there's no use of writing notes in coding because coding isn't about note taking it's just about practice ah. so like i tried that and i learned my lesson the hard way because you can you can learn about what a variable or what anything in coding is but to be honest at the end of the day it's pretty much about how much practice you do in it mm -hmm. and if you practice it the the better you'll get at it than just writing notes over it so try avoid writing heaps of notes about it you can write notes but the main thing with coding is to always practice to there will be maths but don't be scared of it. <laughs> just a warning. I didn't know there were heaps of maths. Yeah. But there is heaps of maths. But the maths is just to give you a baseline. Because coding is kind of like maths. Mm. But it's not scary. Like, trust me. If a sister can make it, you can too. Um, three. You don't need text boxes. Yes. <laughs> I saved so much money when I was studying. Even if it's not at a university, you can get a really good qualification there anywhere, like a polytechnic. They do really good ones for tech. You do not need a, a, um, a what's it called, a, a textbook at all. Everything is all online. Everything wow. is free. Um, what was it? Get yourself a mentor. <laughs> Yeah. And it may be, there may be a scarce amount of us in there, but you need to look for groups that are of Pacific and IT, or even if it's not IT, try find a STEM or anyone that's in the industry because the more knowledge you have before you go in is the better. Because wow. if, I, if I try to look for people, if I, if I could go back, I wish I went and looked for people in STEM. Because honestly, this this industry is rough and tough, and it's mm. like a do or die here. <laughs> but wow. you you need to understand that you can't we can't act like this this industry is like a game, you know, like corporate is a game. Wow. But you just got to remember to have the right people on your side to guide you. Because mm. honestly, there are heaps of Māori Pacifica that are in corporate now, and they've gone through the hard yards. So if we can get the right wisdom at the right time, mm. you'll be on a hell of a road, brothers and sisters, <laughs> hell of a road. <laughs> True. So one, not take notes when you're coding? Yeah, no, nah, not take, don't take, don't take too much notes, yeah, don't take too much notes. Um, and two, um, I forgot this one. Oh my gosh, me too. Two was, it's, oh, you don't need, no, that's the third one. Textbook was the third one? No. Second one, oh my gosh. No, textbooks, yeah. Yeah, textbooks are you don't need much resources to code. All Just online. a laptop. Yeah, all online. And then lastly, get yourself a mentor. Yeah, get yourself a mentor, fam. Yes. They're free. Yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, if people want to have a chat with you or want you to be their mentor, <laughs> where can they contact you? Come through. I'm at 48 Emily Place here at Shrink Gentility. <laughs> come through. Let's have a cup of tea. If it's a Wednesday, come and have come and have a feed with me, come through fam, I'm not scary, 
I would love to help you out in Got your it. journey. And do you have like an email or social media? Oh yes, well? what was yeah. the my email is lowercase itirolafaile080 at gmail.com <laughs> Yes, I'll put the link for you guys. And social media? Or oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Just add, add me on Insta. Itirolafaile. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> um, what's it called? LinkedIn. I'm pretty handy on that thing, eh? LinkedIn's, LinkedIn's pretty, pretty cool. I love LinkedIn, yeah, eh? It's, it's different now. It's, it's better. Yeah, no, it's so much better. Yeah. Um, what's it called? I'm on that now. And on Facebook, just add me. Let's go. Send me a, f- a message request. Yeah, Love be it. happy to talk. Um, and anything else that you want to finish off with? Oh, yes. Um, what's it called? we got to support each other, straight up. Not many of us are in this industry. It's not even in tech, especially in science. Let's not be haters, let's love each other. Honestly, because I love cheerleading our brothers and sisters in this field, because, you know, no one will know the struggle, only the people in there. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, let's just, you know, back each other up and what's it called? It can happen if you dream to be a scientist, astronaut, tech person or anything, it will happen. Time will tell, you will be good, your family will, you know, will be on your side. Just, you know, go at it 100 because, you know, we need more of our brothers and sisters here. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Salmon Scientist podcast. If you have any more questions or comments, just message me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And please ask me questions. I'm here to help. Mm-hmm.